What's up, everybody? It is episode 61 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast. We are back, second week in a row, and this is the second of many weeks in this new season. And today we are talking about following God, not through our finances, because we already done that episode. So how yeah. would you label this episode, Cam? How... How would we differentiate this episode from the previous episode that we talked about finances? So this episode is uh, focusing more on uh, giving an inside look at why finances are important for the church, uh, what those finances do and give the church the ability to do, uh, why that's necessary for things like tithing, and uh, and and what it just looks like on a kind of a day to day basis for uh, church financials. So this is more of a um, this is more of a, a an open door into hey, this is kind of what church world looks like as far as needs, wants, desires, and what we can do with those finances. And also, um, you know, uh, I was looking at it and. Uh, there are um, there are over two thousand verses, uh, possessions, and stewardship. Uh, two thousand verses about money, possessions, and stewardship in the Bible, um, and uh, and so Jesus uh, in his ministry, and then the Word of God as a, as a whole in Old and New Testament um, talks about finances a lot, and so it's important. Uh, for us to talk about finances, it's important for us to identify uh, what finances and desires and possessions and passions look like in our life and how they reflect towards the church, how they reflect towards uh, the kingdom of God and, and, and how they look for us personally. And, um, and so we're, we're not so much looking at um, looking at just the uh, inward as far as personal finance we will talk about tithing a little bit but as far as uh, what you do and how you spend and how you save we're not really diving into that we're we're looking more at um, more at the church's perspective and giving some answers on what those things look like but I do want to hit a couple quick points real fast um, you know we We've talked about it and just want to continue to, to hit on it. And, and I just mentioned part of it, but there's a lot of verses that talk about finances and possession and, and how um, they can control and be a very uh, defining part of our relationships with, with people around us, with God, and with who we are as people. Um, money on its own is not evil, but we do see in first Timothy six ten says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil by craving it. Some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs That's the CSB. Um, and so we want to show you part of the reason, cause I think sometimes, uh, the church gets a bad rap for, always asking for money or for always needing this, this, and this. And people are like, why should I give money? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? I'm tithing. Why should I give anything extra? I'm doing this and this. Why is it important to do that? Because part of that 
is sometimes asked from a selfish place, not always. Sometimes those are just genuine, like genuinely uh, true, real questions looking for understanding on why the church is asking. But sometimes those questions are asked from a place of, I don't want to give my money away. I, I, I want to hold on to it. I've got this desire. It's my money and I want it now type of mentality. And so we want to be careful to, to not live a life that way. And I also want to, to throw this um, statistic out. As of, this was in 2020, this is from a, a, a I Donate study uh, with, with LifeWay. Um, in 2020, 40% of Americans had less than $400 saved. 33% of Americans have zero saved for retirement, and 23% have saved between $1 and $10,000. And so uh, the church um, is also a place that has a lot of members that are reflected in those, in those statistics. And so if we're, uh, as a church, asking people to give or to do this, this, and this, um, and almost half of the population has less than $400 set aside, there's not really going to be the ability to be able to, to do very much. And we've had some conversations about that. I think there's a, a split, um, kind of a, a split school of thought on storing up treasure. And so I think that storing and saving just to save and just to say that you've got it or to be independent and not feel like you necessarily have to depend on the Lord or whatever it may be. I think saving can become a dangerous game, and we've, we've talked about that. Um, but I also think that saving and having the ability to help those in need and to give when it's needed is, is very important. And, uh, and so I wanted to, to look at that from an outsider's perspective. Um, and so if you will... And it's kind of timely. Um, I know it wasn't specifically about this, but you just got out of a budget meeting. And so it, it, it's kind of timely in the sense of church goals, church finances, those types of things uh, are relevant. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of want to play the, um, the total naive uh, questionnaire here, if, uh, if, if, that, if that is possible um and total naive questionnaire yeah are you a questioner or a questionnaire questionnaire i'm generating these questions we're creating these questions you know like an imagineer you know okay um and uh and and acting in the part of not knowing anything about the church or not knowing anything about why you know anything like that happens so let's just start here okay Mm mm-hmm so let's just go because this is also relevant to us. And and this is not going to be perfectly relevant for every church that you attend. Um, but but most churches, especially Southern Baptist churches, are structured in a very similar way. And most churches, whether they're Southern Baptist or not, should have very similar budget and strategic goals, hopefully, if they are working to expand the kingdom and to do ministry within their church and outside of their church. But looking at our lens and, and taking some, taking some uh, just specific things that have happened and that we've done at our church and generating some questions. So I walk into our church and 
uh, I sit down, we start service, we go through service, and we get to the portion where we talk about giving. Uh, normally, that's you that does that. So sitting there, you, you start talking, you've invited uh, and welcomed guests, and then we've kind of transitioned, and, you're, and you basically said, sometimes you do say it, sometimes it's just implied, hey, if you're not a member here, this, this part doesn't necessarily apply to you. We're not asking you for this. So, and then you transition into a time of giving. So let's go there first. Why, in the church culture, why do we ask members to not necessarily give unless they feel led to, but we're not so so much obligating them to give, but there is kind of an obligation or understanding as a church member that you would tithe, that you would give. So would you would you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so biblically, uh, we are commanded to tithe, that we're to give our first tenth uh, to the Lord, and we actually are told how we do that. It specifies in the Bible that it goes through the church. And so uh, we're not only commanded to be generous stewards in the Bible, so have a mentality of generosity and and to give back according to the way God's blessed us. But there is a specific instruction that says that our tithe goes through the local church. And so that's the way God set it up. That's the order. Um, Tithing was before the law way back in the book of Genesis. Genesis 14, I believe it is, is where we see the first tithe. Uh, Abraham gives the first tithe, and that was before the law was ever created. So there's some, and I think we talked about this on the earlier episode, but they would argue that uh, tithing is of the law, we're under grace. Well, two things. Uh, One, it's not true. Tithing occurred before the law, and it was a principle of worship, not a principle of the law. But secondly, uh, even if it was after the law and we're not under the law anymore, Grace always leads us to do more than the law does anyway, and so we should want to give above and beyond the tithe, if that's the case. And so it is a principle of worship, and uh, it is something the Bible talks about that is to be done through the local church. Um, Malachi chapter 3, probably the clearest scripture that gives that instruction. Um, Man, Malachi doesn't pull any punches. Malachi 3... In verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Um, so there's a promise there, but there's, there's a principle. And the principle is tithing is a principle of worship, and tithing is to be done through the local church to fund the ministry of the, the church and ultimately uh, the ministry of the kingdom in the Lord's house. And so that's why we expect people to tithe. When, when they commit to a local church, um, there's a practical aspect of it, which we're going to get to, but there's also the biblical command. And 
Uh, one of the requirements of being a member of the church is that you're a believer. And so if you're a believer, that means that you have surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And if you've surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, you have committed to coming under the authority of God's Word. And God's Word is clear. You're to tithe, and you're to do that through the local church. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't help those in need. It, shouldn't mean, it doesn't mean that you... Uh, can't and, and shouldn't give to other organizations or ministries or missions or partnerships, but the tithe goes through the local church. It's a biblical command, and uh, for those that have committed to living their life according to God's Word, um, that's part of that commitment, is coming under the authority of the Word of God, which says you're to tithe through the local church. So, uh, So the reason why... Uh, we don't include guests in that is because they haven't made that commitment, correct? Yeah, I mean, we don't know that our guests are believers, for sure. one. And so certainly, I wouldn't expect someone that is not trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior to tithe because they've not made that commitment. And that's not natural. It's not natural to give uh, to a, a ministry focused on eternal things when you don't have an eternal focus because you haven't been saved. Sure. Uh, that That's very unnatural. And so, for, for one, we don't know that they're believers. But two, if they're not members of the church, they've we uh, don't know that they've made that commitment. And it might be that they're members of another church and they're tithing through that church, or they should be if they're members at another church. Yeah. Um, now, when they move their membership, if they're tithing at another church, they ought to start tithing at the church that they join. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's not expected of the non-members. Because one, we don't know that they're believers. Two, if they are believers, that might be being done through the church that their membership is active in. Um and uh, we don't we don't want them to feel pressure because that's not why we want them there. We want them there to be a part of what God's doing. Uh, we we want them there to hear the gospel. And ultimately, the most important thing is if they don't know the Lord, they come to know the Lord. And and that's what we want to accomplish by them being there. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come back to tithing, and we're going to come back to what those resources go on to look like. But just looking at uh, like our service. So following uh, following that offering time, we typically have a missions-type reflection moment uh, where we celebrate all that God is doing through different mission avenues and different outlets and stuff that, that IBC is doing. And, um, and so those can be mission trips. Those can be uh, things like VBS, different specific ministries on campus, different things like that. But a lot of times, uh, I say a lot of times, each month we have a specific giving focus that we want to be praying about and we want uh, our members to be going above and beyond to, to give towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that important? Why, why, why is that something that's different than the tithe? And uh, why does the church need that money uh, or want that money or ask for that money uh, to, to reach and have certain certain goals. So it's, it's interesting that you say that we've got um, a, a tie-in to 
missions uh, as a part of the service because we actually don't. That's not part of our order of worship. It's just that we're such a mission-minded church that there's always opportunity to give an example sure. of something that's happened recently in the church and and call attention to a recent mission or outreach initiative that the tithes and offerings that our members give have gone toward. Sure. Uh, that was not a part of the plan. It's just that we do so much as a church that it's real easy when we ask people to give to say, hey, when you give, it's going towards something like this. Not because that's that was necessarily part of the plan. It's just we're always doing stuff. You know, we, we always have mission outreach initiatives. We're going on trips or we're doing things in the community or we're partnering with other organizations or we're doing VBS or Awana. Or, I mean, it is always there's always something starting up, a, a new outreach initiative launching, new people being reached, new families joining, baptisms. There's so much that... Uh, God is doing through our church that it's really easy to say, hey, when you give, you get to be a part of this. And so that's really cool. And it's a lot, um, I wouldn't say it's a lot easier, but I feel like it, it's, um, man, it gives you a lot more confidence to say, hey, your giving's making a difference when you can see the tangible results of the difference that, that the ministry is making. So. Yeah. Uh, very cool to see that. But, uh, okay, so special offering focus items. So these are things that are typically bigger expense items that are based on circumstantial needs of the church that we have not budgeted. But uh, throughout discussion or maybe something that uh, has happened recently, or maybe because it's uh, a seasonal thing, or um, you know, a focus for that month, we've decided to take up additional offerings to go above and beyond. So, uh, for instance, the most recent one before our missions focus was benevolence, and the reason we decided to make our monthly offering focus benevolence is that, um, man, the, the, the needs have just been crazy recently because of the economy and the condition of the world we're living in. Uh, obviously, I mean, everybody knows that we're not living in great times, uh, economically speaking, and so those that are already struggling are really struggling that much more. And so we're seeing more needs come in, more requests for support and assistance with utility bills, um, you know, single moms that uh, are afraid that uh, they're going to lose their, uh, their, their shelter for their children and, uh, you know, the, their water's going to get turned off. They don't have food on the table. I mean, like there's so many physical needs and we do have a uh, benevolence line item in our budget, but the benevolence line item is not going to meet the needs that we're facing right now. And so we want to give our members the opportunity to say, you know what, God's laid this on my heart. This is a need 
that is very critical right now with our current economy, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to give above and beyond my tithe to meet this need. And, um, you know, benevolence is just one example of that. We've, you know, we've had several projects, several initiatives, but uh, those, those extra things that are above and beyond the budget, you know, the tithes and the offerings are supposed to fund the budget. Now, these things are above and beyond the tithe. Gotcha. So, um, so let's, let's, uh, now pivot a little bit and let's look at, uh, going back to no longer the above and beyond. Um, and, uh, and, and we can come back and talk a little bit about that, but, um, let's look at the, the like budget kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, church, like it can't be that hard. Like we're just, it's just a building and some people and we do services. So why does a church need a large budget or a lot of things going on um, to to help maintain and grow and, and move a church forward on a day-to-day basis from a financial standpoint? Like what what does what does my money go to if I'm tithing? What does my money go to uh, on a on a weekly or, or monthly or, or even yearly yearly basis? Well, the simple answer is ministry costs money. I mean, that's that's the most practical and simple answer to yeah. that question is that you cannot do ministry without spending money. Now, depending on how substantial and impactful you want your ministry to be, uh, you might not need to spend as much money. So like if you've got a small church uh, that's got one bivocational staff member in a small building with small utility costs, that budget's not going to be very substantial because you don't have a lot of ministries. You don't have a lot of uh, literature that you're trying to order. You don't have a lot of staff members that you're trying to pay because you've got a lot of different ministries that are being led by full-time staff members. You don't have big buildings that you're having to pay utility costs on and upkeep costs on. Uh, you don't have, you know, the amount of um, food or supplies for a larger congregation because it's a smaller congregation. And so, basically, as the church grows, uh, the the needs grow, the amount of people that you're reaching grows, and the cost for ministry grows. And, um, you know, when you think about a church the size of ours here at Emmanuel, I mean, we've got a 20-acre campus. Like, any organization that's got a 20-acre campus is going to have to have some, some money to be able to practically run the day-to-day business of the the organization. Yeah. And and we're not a secular organization. We don't try to be a secular organization. Uh, and at the end of the day, the main reason that we're to give and, and tithe as a church is not because we want to make sure that um, our business grows. The main reason we tithe is because God commands us to. Yeah. You know, biblically, we are commanded to tithe and we are to support the ministry of the local church that God leads us to. But there is a practical aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, we are doing a lot of ministry, we are reaching a lot of people, we are helping a lot of people. 
we're doing a lot of mission initiatives. We're doing a lot of outreach ministries. Uh, we're, you know, we're paying a full staff of people that are leading uh, a dynamic, growing ministry where we are able to do so much uh, because we have a team of people that have dedicated all of their time, energy, and effort throughout the week to enter into a calling of ministry, and and that's their job. That I mean, that's and you're not going to be able to get the same amount of ministry done out of somebody that is doing ministry in addition to having to work a full time or part time job to um, you know to to provide for their family. That's why Paul says that you should pay those who lead you spiritually yeah, um, so that they can focus their full energy and effort into the ministry. And, man, we got a great team of people that are, that are leading in their ministries, and uh, we're able to do so much because we've got so much time and effort invested in our team and uh, we're providing them with resources to be able to do what they need to do, uh, to be able to, to reach the people that, that God has placed in their lives. But on top of the ministry and the ministry leaders and the mission, there is just the normal cost of having a business. I mean, you've got building, maintenance, utilities, insurance, uh, vehicle maintenance, gas costs for when we're, you know, driving the van, um, you know, employee insurance, social security insurance. I mean, like you, you got all kinds of expenses that are just part of having employees and having a, a building to maintain and having a business to operate. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that budget. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, even on just like day to day and like um, just crazy things that that come up or happen and 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 like you said, when a church is growing and a church is encountering things, there are um, unplanned expenses or things happen, things break, you know, and there's things that have to be done and have to you kind of have to pivot and you have to to do things differently or you have to come up with the money to you know, to do something and like, like for instance, just what's going on in our church, you know, the, the, uh, student ministry, um, rebranded. And, uh, so we, we decided to give, uh, to, to put them in a new space and then to be able to do that. So money had to go into creating a new space be, because you, you can't just put them in a different room because that's not a new space. It's just a different room. So you paint, you, you know, you move stuff around, you do this, you, you buy new equipment to go in those places and to make it look and feel and sound good and things like that. And then literally like the, the week that it opens, there's two big leaks in the roof that flood part of the room, you know, to, to not flood, but water's on the floor in the room and things have to be moved and picked up and, and then redone, you know, and it, like little 
to big things like that happen every day. And, you know, we don't have water in the room every day, thankfully, um, that we know of. Uh, but, um, there's just things that you experience that you can't quite, um, always predict. Um, but you have to be willing to move forward and giving and financial resources kind of at the church's disposal, uh, allow them to get through those moments, allow them to be creative in creating new spaces and moving forward and helping those ministries grow, but then also helping fix problems and, uh, and those types of things when they arise. And, uh, and so, um, I think people, people miss, uh, miss that sometimes. What, what you got? I was just thinking of a song as you were talking about what we were experiencing in the student center. You know the song that came to my mind? No. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. Fortunately for the song and fortunately for our building at the time. Uh, you remember that song? Yes. While you were growing up? Yeah, it was deep and wide, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, literally, we had our big kickoff night. Last and night. The next day, like the rooms flooded. It was like, oh no. Yeah. It's terrible. And things are just expensive. So, like, e- even things, and, and we're talking a little bit more like in my world. Um, but even things like from a musical standpoint, um, you know, things are expensive for things to be able to run smoothly, you know, for a Sunday morning and for a Wednesday night for those, uh, services to flow smoothly. Um, there's a team, a production team that comes together to help make that work. Like last night during our youth launch, I mean, high energy, things are going great. Power goes out. Yeah. And our team had it back up and running almost instantly. I mean, they did incredible. And so uh, you got to have those people in place. But but all that to say, we're still not where we want to be as far as that team goes in being able to communicate back and forth. We used to have those team members being able to wear earpieces that they could hear me or somebody on stage talking to them where the rest of the room, you know, couldn't hear it. But... Um, we had some interference issues and things like that. And so in order to be able to get us back to that place, it's going to be like a, 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 a thousand to $3,000 venture to be able to uh, get us back to where we want to be for those people to be able to hear and communicate with each other. And that's expensive, you know, like that, that's not just like a, all right, let's just go buy it right now because we didn't have that budgeted. And then when things no longer work, uh, we had some uh, precaution and some money set aside for those types of things, but you, you don't have, like you said, for like the benevolence light item, there's no way to predict and make something so drastically huge for just something breaking all the time. And so um, above and beyond, those resources help us to get those things. And then um, sometimes you have to do like I do, uh, for a lot of time, um, budget wise, and you just have to sit and wait and, uh, <laughs> wait, wait for it to start over. Uh, but so there's a lot of things in and out and then all the way to like 
reaching people about different ministry opportunities, sending out flyers, mailing things, those types of things, those all cost money. Everything that you do in ministry um, besides physically tell somebody about Jesus, uh, it seems like costs money. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of ins and outs. And there's so many other specific details and big things that we can get into. But um, but there's a lot of things that go into everyday ministry. Uh, and, and like you said, from just keeping the building up, the lights on, the air on, those types of things, and taking care of your people. Uh, and so when you tithe and when you give above and beyond that, that's, that's where that money's going. Um, it's not that when you tithe, um, that, you know, every staff member, uh, gets to take a portion of your money and go, you know, spend it on lunch like that, that doesn't happen. Um, and, and so sometimes I feel like there's a misconception of people being like, well, they're just needed. They just want my money or they're just doing this. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm tithing and the, the pastor's buying a brand new car, you know, like that, that's not, that's not the reality. Um, somewhere in some cases it probably has been, and, and that's wrong, um, but we got an offering focus coming up in November. Baby new needs a brand wheels, new pair of shoes. New new <laughs> wheels for the pastor's truck. <laughs> mm. You know the sad part is. Let me try to get on that. I, I, yeah, the sad can part. Can I get on the mission focus? The prayer focus. <laughs> the sad part is. There are some churches that could pull that off. Oh, like people would yeah. give to a, a mission focus. To buy the pastor a new vehicle. Sure they would. <laughs> oh, man. That it, is sad to think. Like, don't look at me like that. It ain't happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's that look for? <laughs> okay. All right. No, I mean, there, there's some... Pastor appreciation. <laughs> pastor appreciation. <laughs> I'm still trying to get that boat, y'all. Still trying to get that boat. Uh, the, the boat focus. Jeremy uh, out here asking for fishing trips, and while I would love to go as well, uh, I'm also trying to get a boat. I didn't ask for a fishing trip. Yeah, you did. No. Yeah, you did. No. Uh-huh. That was a joke. Yeah. Well, okay. It's always wanting a boat. I went with the sermon. I mean, it's a joke, but also seriously. But, yeah, I went with the sermon, but I mean, hey, if you're trying to take us fishing. We're the spirit-led. It was spirit-led. I'm looking for fishing trips. <laughs> Golf trips. <laughs> oh man, no, there is definitely celebration some, Mondays, uh, celebration Thursdays. <laughs> there's definitely some financial impropriety going on in some churches. Trying but, to get a jet, but we are uh, we're very transparent oh, yeah. on on how the money is being spent here, and you can be confident if you're a member of Emmanuel that uh, we we are. What are, what are you doing? It just hit me. I got it. Oh my gosh! I know how to alleviate the van and gas stuff. Oh my gosh! Jim is a pilot. Let's just buy a plane. Oh my gosh! And he can fly us everywhere we need to go. Yeah, this nope, and it's not going to happen. So you don't have to worry about that here. We can spend uh, more time because there's a lot of goodness gracious on our knees in the air. We're closer to God. Cam's lost his mind over here. Wait, but you know that's that somebody really used that. As somebody this. really did, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. I know. Uh, we won't talk about the church. But anyway, uh, no, there's great accountability, transparency, and uh, we are 
very careful to, to be good stewards of how we use the resources that God has blessed us with. But ministry really does cost money. And, you know, all the things I was talking about earlier, Kim, are things that are continual expenses that, that we pay each month, each year. You know, these are items that that we have to, um, you know, just expect to, to spend pretty consistently. But we didn't even get into, like, the one-time expenses. You know, when you, we need to do things like, what we did when COVID hit and we had to really up our game with our streaming and, you know, your, your camera needs to be replaced or your audio board needs to be replaced. Or, uh, remember when that projector went out and we were like, Oh, I wonder how much a projector costs. Oh, $24,000 for a projector, uh, that's going to be able to, to meet the needs that we have, uh, for, for our screen size. And so, like, I don't know that people understand how expensive those things are, but they're expensive. And, you know, you might look at it and say, well, do you really need that stuff? You know, they didn't have all that stuff uh, in, in the, the, the New Testament church. They didn't have all that in the, the Bible days. Well, they were reaching a different culture and a different audience. And so, um, you know, they didn't. They didn't need the things that we need to engage that audience because their culture didn't expect that. But you know as well as I do, I mean, we're living in a day and age where if if you don't have a certain level of appeal, um, especially in the technological area, um, you know, if, if you're looking for something that's... Uh, dynamic in terms of uh, music or, or audio or, or visual creativity. Like, I mean, you lose that opportunity to engage those people if, if you don't have something that is going to um, grab them and, and, and pull them in uh, so that it's the same concept as meeting physical needs to, to earn the right to be heard on the spiritual needs so that you can have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. I mean, that, and those things, those things cost money. Yeah. A lot of money sometimes. Right. Yeah, I had to just look, I had to just pull this up real fast. The uh, Jesse Duplantis. Oh, you gave specifics. Said that God told him to buy a Falcon 7X for $54 million. <laughs> he said that he was nervous and hesitant that that God had told him that, but that God told him, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. Just believe for it. And he asked his followers to help him pay for it so that he could go anywhere and everywhere that um, that that the gospel needed to be preached. Also, that this is his fourth jet to own, um, but the other ones could not fly nonstop. So this was the first one that could fly nonstop. It's there. It's there. It's in the book of Fourth Hesitations. Mm. Fourth Hesitations, chapter three. The Lord spoke and said, Four million. You need a brand new boat. Hallelujah. Make it, make it a yacht. Fishers of men. Believe for it. Because there are... People in the middle 
of the deep blue sea. Gotta go get them. Yet to hear the gospel. <laughs> there are mermaids and mermen <laughs> waiting to hear the gospel. You gotta have a yacht <laughs> to overcome the waves of the wicked one. That's right. A super yacht. With a helicopter so you can get off of it if the waves get too rough. And just come back in calmer waters. Oh, man. Oh, speaking of yachts, you know, there's a, there's a yacht downtown in one, of the, in one of the harbors downtown. Yeah. It's a big yacht. Oh, yeah. It's this multi-million dollar yacht, and it's called Gratitude. Oh, man, I'm so thankful. Seems like it's pretty easy to have some gratitude when you're sitting on your I'm so, yacht. I'm so, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this yacht. Thank you, Lord. Just puffing on a cigar, <laughs> drinking a million-dollar bottle of wine. Oh, we're laughing, but we're crying inside because... Having your butler this, feed you grapes. This, 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 is, this, is what we are, this is what we're fighting against, though. Like, we are saying... Hey, look, you need to be faithful for your heart and because Scripture commands it. And this is a biblical principle of worship. And, that, and the that person trying, that owns it, the gratitude, I don't want to be, I'm not bashing them. <laughs> they, they may be a great person. <laughs> they're probably listening to this podcast like eh, a bunch of haters. Right. They, they're probably a great person. I know who it is and I'm not going to say their name. No, you don't. I swear I do. Uh-uh. I swear they go to this church? No. Okay. He's a famous attorney. We'll just put it like Okay, that. all right. He's probably a good guy. He was nice enough to talk to us about the boat. Oh, you met this guy? Yeah. Okay. That's how I know who it is. But, oh, okay. All but right. he's a famous attorney. Uh, could be a great guy and was very nice to us. Uh, and so I'm not hating on him for having it. I just thought it was funny that this yacht is named Gratitude. I thought it was kind of ironic. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, but anyway, this yeah. is what we're fighting against because, I mean, we're, we're encouraging our people to be faithful stewards, to, to tithe, which is a biblical command, to support the ministries of the church, to be a part of something much greater. And then you got these goofballs that are like, the Lord spoke to me and said, I need a $54 million jet. And there are people that are paying for it. There, Cam, there are people that are buying it. That like, they're, they're giving to yeah. fund it. They yeah. gave to fund it. Mm-hmm. They bought the jet. They believed that the Lord spoke to him and said, believe for it. Because there are still people that need to be reached. And you need a $54 million jet to travel with the comfort and luxury of this world. Because you have to be well rested and taken care of to withstand the attack of the enemy. Cam, what are they doing? What are they doing? This is what we're fighting against. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to do ministry, and there's people buying $54 million jets. And that's why people say, well, the church just wants my money. But the reality is, the majority of churches are not operating that way. But it's that concept of, 
a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's why that's that's kind of why I wanted to to talk about it just a little bit uh to give just a a little bit more in-depth insight on, you know, what money goes towards and and those types of things and and how we're able to to utilize um you know, utilize the resources that have been given to us by members and by God's faithfulness and um and just being able to uh to turn the lights on and have the building on is not a, you know, not a cheap expense. But when people hear stories like people buying a $54 million jet, they they think that one money is just easily accessible by, you know, so many people that we have thousands of people that we can go get money from. And, and that's not true, but, or, or two, that we are legitimately using those, those gifts, those ties and offerings as, uh, like as as lucrative resources for the individual and and that is just simply not the case. Yep. Quite true. Yeah. So but um if you got anything else you want to share uh if not that was kind of my focus this week was just wanting to uh to kind of give just a a, a look, you know, as somebody that would come into the church and and maybe not have been raised in the church, not understanding, you know, all about tithing or or not understand why churches ask for money. And so it's totally up to you. Uh, if you got anything else that you feel like is important to share on this topic, if not, we can uh, wrap up and uh, and start looking towards episode number 62. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Uh, I think we covered it and hopefully... If you're listening, you understand the reason that we give is not uh, practical or circumstantial. It is uh, biblical. Um, there, there is a practical side of, of giving. You do need to fund the ministry of the church. But the reason we give is because God commands it and our heart needs it. Uh, but as we follow God's command, we not only protect our heart from greed, and we grow as faithful stewards, but we help fund the practical side of ministry. And we get to be a part of something much greater than we could ever be a part of by ourselves. And it's one of those neat things about being a part of the body of Christ, being a part of a church family. We get to come together. We get to serve the Lord with our gifts and skills and talents. And just as God has gifted us all in, in different ways and given us different abilities and talents that, that we can all use to serve him. He's also gifted us uh, with different levels of resources, and we get to, to give back according to how he's blessed us, and we get to join with other believers who are committed to investing in the kingdom and investing in the ministries of the local church, and um, God uses that to grow his church and to grow his kingdom and uh, fund the ministries of the church. And at the end of the day, it's all God's anyway. So he's just allowing us to use it and just like he's the only one that has that given us the abilities and, and the talents that we have as well. So he gets all the glory. We just get to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So obviously we want to give from a place of, of joy. Uh, we want to uh, look at all that God is doing and we want to participate in being a part of that uh, in giving and in our actions and coming alongside other people to help those come to life. Uh, but uh, ministry um, happens uh, in spite of us. God is able to move in spite of us. Um, but uh, he also calls us to be the hands and feet. So he uh, uses us, equips us, and calls us to be a part of it. And so um, it's a it's a joy to do. And uh, we literally, physically, um, without the Lord's provision, uh, miraculous provision, we cannot do the ministry that we do at Emmanuel or any other church or ministry without supporters. And, uh, and so we hope that we all come in together to give and to spread uh, the gospel and the love of Christ uh, to those near and far. And uh, so that's it for this week. We'll be back next week, episode 62. And uh, we hope that you have a, a great rest of your week, great weekend. And we will see you next time. See ya.